RX. This is Studio 360. I'm Kurt Anderson. Hello, and welcome to this Studio 360 Podcast Extra. In America, despite the hysteria whipped up in the weeks leading up to the November election, there was no influx of migrants from the South. In other words, nothing like what happened in Europe over the last few years, when hundreds of thousands of refugees from the Middle East and Central Asia and Africa came in. There's a new play about that migrant crisis called The Jungle, which was the nickname of the notorious migrant camp in Calais, France. It's where thousands of refugees gathered before attempting to cross the channel to the UK to try to get asylum. The camp is the setting for the new play, and in its production at one of the great American venues for new work, St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn, the jungle puts the audience inside the action, everybody seated in a replica of the Afghan restaurant that served as the real-life camp's unofficial town center. Reporter Jeff London has our story. When you enter the St. Anne's Warehouse performance space, you're given a ticket that tells you not only your seat number, but what country you'll be sitting in. In my case, it was Somalia, seat 24. Walking past a sign pointing me towards an Afghan restaurant, I found myself inside a structure that looked like a large tent with lots of tables. A man offered me chai, and all around the space, actors were chatting in different languages. Hi, I'm Nahal Tezgai. I play a character called Helen Gabrachidan. I am originally Eritrean, and the character I'm playing is Eritrean. The areas are all divided by nations, so Somalia, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Iran, Afghanistan, and it represents just how the people used to be seated in the cafe in the jungle. So her, people will kind of create small hubs within that space. So we were just trying to recreate that. So you become a part of that particular community. Just as the audience settles in, the space erupts into a kind of 360-degree chaos. And for about 10 minutes, the audience is caught off guard with talk about the camp being bulldozed. Now we've heard that maybe the police will start doing something tomorrow morning. Reports about a boy being run over crossing a highway. His shrouded body is brought in while people sing funeral music. Eventually, the deafening sounds of bulldozers combined with bright lights overwhelm the space. Then, the action freezes, and a man steps forward. Welcome to Calais. 22 miles from the coast of Britain. On a good day, you can just about see the white cliffs of Dover. Today is not a good day. My name is Ammar Haj Ahmad. I am a Syrian British actor. I play Safi in the jungle. And Safi is one of the residents of the jungle, one of the refugees. He is a Syrian character as well. He's a graduate from English literature and languages in the University of Aleppo. And I am the narrator 
of the story. The rest of the play is more or less the story of the short-lived migrant camp from its beginnings in February 2015 to its end in October 2016, and of the dangerous journeys of the refugees who traveled thousands of miles across land and water to get there. The Jungle was conceived by two Englishmen. My name is Joe Robertson, and I am one of the co-writers of The Jungle. I'm Joe Murphy, and I'm the other co-writer of The Jungle. The two Joes, as the company calls them, are both 28 and met at Oxford University. They decided to travel to the continent to see the migrant crisis up close and see if they could volunteer, says Murphy. We went via Calais and found this strange city that was growing full of people from about 30 different countries speaking dozens and dozens of languages and people who'd created a rough, disgusting, ad hoc but strangely hopeful society and were living there in the hope of one day reaching the UK. Robertson says it's not surprising that the jungle, which held anywhere from 8,000 to 12,000 transients at any given time, was located in Calais. There have been camps in Calais for a long time, and there have been refugees in Calais for even longer. You know, for decades now, it's been the place that if you wanted to try to get to the UK, that's where you would go. It's 22 miles from Britain. It's serviced by multiple ferries a day, taking big haulage trucks under the Channel Tunnel. The camp came about when the city evicted squatters, and they gathered on a squalid landfill site on the edge of town. It was located near the highway and the train line, where refugees could attempt to hide in trucks and trains, or pay smugglers to cross to England to claim asylum. There were no NGOs there, apart from a little bit Médecins Sans Frontières, and they had a medical centre. But, you know, the big NGOs you'd expect, like the United Nations, the UNHCR, um, you know, were not there. They weren't allowed to be there. The French didn't recognise it as an official camp. It was unofficial in every way. People filled that gap with their own ideas about how you run a small society. And that's why within a few months there were dozens of shops, restaurants, Mm. cafes, churches, multiple mosques. You know, the structures you need to preserve life and safety. Some people stayed there for days, some stayed for months before attempting the hazardous crossing. The camp's residents called it jungal, which is a Pashto word for forest, but it got mangled by British volunteers into jungle. Joe Murphy says the residents embraced that name. There is something more animalistic about a, a jungle and, and wild and... Um, uncertain and um, although it was a mistake initially a sort of organic growth into the jungle from Jangal there was a provocation about it and a playing up to this that no we shouldn't live in a jungle but actually we are living in a jungle what a dump Muhammad Aboud a former professor at the University of Khartoum this is the worst place in Europe tonight we will be free if we live that long they said the land is ours to use we can build here. Salar Malik Zai, a restaurant owner from Kaz near Kandahar. Let's count the things that kill us. Chemicals, snakes, the filthy land, all rubbish. Better than bombs, Muhammad. 
cold, wind, rain. Terrorists, the Taliban. The French police. Drought, famine. Each other. We are safer than at any time in our lives. For seven months, the two Joes lived in the jungle as well. They raised money online to purchase a second-hand geodesic dome and created a theater in it, where the residents could gather and share their stories. Within the context of the camp, calling it a theater, I suppose, in hindsight, was quite a radical thing. It functioned really as a town hall or a place of worship in a way, a place of peace and of calm, dedicated to expression. We found that people would come for different reasons to the theatre. Some people were really ready to confront their you know, traumatic experiences that they'd just been through. Others simply wanted to escape those experiences. And the theatre evolved and changed each day to provide the opportunity for all of those different needs. On any given night, you could see an Iranian doing stand-up comedy or an Eritrean circus act. Among the people who regularly visited the theater in the camp were directors Stephen Daldry and Justin Martin when they took some time off from a television project. Initially, it was just about going out and spending some time over there in the theater that they'd built. We were making the crown at the same time, so we were going from opulent rooms to the jungle refugee camp. So it was quite a sort of a strange juxtaposition. And so I started spending time out there and then I and used to go and do workshops. The show will resume very, very shortly. But first, I wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Studio 360 Show. And now, back to the podcast. This is a gradual process which has been happening all day. The police pushing people in the camp further back and constantly using their water cannon and, excuse me, the tear gas uh, as well to make sure they get areas clear that they can then bring the bulldozers into. When the French authorities eventually bulldozed the jungle to the ground, the two Joes and the two directors decided to create a theater piece which would allow audiences to hear some of the harrowing stories they heard in an intimate setting. Joe Murphy says they chose the Afghan restaurant because it had been a natural gathering place in the camp. There's a real communal atmosphere and it was always buzzing with conversation and before people went out to try every night on the trucks or the trains, people would gather there to eat and, you know, there was a kind of almost a ceremonial or ritualistic quality about the time that people spent there. So many tried, so many succeed! The sound we make when someone arrives safely to UK, we call it a good chance. Good chance is the dream. No chance. Police are port, so we go for the trains instead. No chance. Ah, police at trains, so we go back for the port. Duga, Duga, Duga. Duga is a miracle. Duga is why we sing. Duga means traffic jam. When lorries begin to slow and horns are loud, we see our dreams may happen. We call it the game. The play was developed over the course of several workshops. A few of the actors had actually spent time in the jungle, while many others created parts of their characters based on their own immigrant stories. Even though Eritrean actress Nahel Tezgai grew up in the UK... My mom had gone to the jungle... 
and she'd explain to me a lot of what she saw because she met lots of young Eritrean men who'd been injured from trying to cross. So she got talking to them, they took her, so she saw a little bit of it and she said it was devastating. Tezgai plays an elder in the community the representative of the Eritreans, as well as many of the women in the camp. The other men, who are the elders as well, they would have actually met an Eritrean man, not an Eritrean woman. So we were just working towards an idea and a vision of women having a voice in the camp. The centre has only a few places, Salah. It was full after a week. Where is her husband? I do not have husband. Listen, Zangal is no place for a woman on her own. And that is exactly why I am here. Our voices should be heard in these meetings. Meetings? This is not a meeting. Every new arrival means one less tent for Eritrean women. After a good chance tonight, there will be tents tomorrow. And then more people again. 8,000 landed on Lesbos yesterday. In addition to serving as narrator, Syrian-born actor Amar Haj Ahmad also plays an elder. He says the immersive staging means that during some particularly intense moments in the play, he's close enough for people to touch him. And sometimes they do. So this atmosphere of being completely immersed emotionally and physically makes it really real. You know, when I sit beside the audience, there are moments where people will put their hand on me. To comfort his character. I think when we try to understand others humbly, not arrogantly, not like, yeah, yeah, I can, I understand, because we say it a lot, I understand you, I, you know, I know what you're going through. We don't know. But I learned that the moment you really try to put yourself in others' shoes, this energy is enough. I sit here day after day in my temporary room in Leicester. I've been waiting to become a person again, an official refugee. The Home Office are doing the best they can. Unfortunately, my name can be spelt in a number of ways which makes it difficult for them to be sure of who I am. And I can't yet receive asylum. I can't work. But I'm given £36.95 each week, which is generous and I appreciate. I have two friends in Birmingham who I see sometimes. I walk around Leicester, which is a beautiful city to live in, sometimes really difficult to become a part of. Simple things like, how do I find another person here? I spoke more English in the jungle than I do in England. I feel my heart closing every day. It takes pain to live side by side. It takes even more to live alone. And now you know. That the jungle has come from England while President Trump's travel ban for people from primarily Muslim countries is in effect means that it's something of a miracle that Amar Haj Ahmad and two other actors who are Iranian citizens were actually able to come to perform in Brooklyn. In Amar's case, his application for British citizenship was expedited. Producer Naomi Webb says a battalion of people mobilized to get the actors to New York. Actually, the reason that we were able to do that is because we had such incredible support from such an enormous range of people, both from the theatre here and from the lawyers that we worked with, but also, you know, to, to get the waiver, we had this massive stack of letters from influential people from all walks of life, be it political, social, religious, cultural. The immigration situation is the issue of our time. Co-director Justin Martin. And we're going to have to have a response to it. And I hope that we have a response that is 
full of humanity, not full of division. The actors in the jungle say there's something cathartic about being part of this timely piece of theatre. Nahel Tezgai. It's heartbreaking work. Every day I have to go home and I have to kind of cleanse myself of all the emotions and the heartbreak that I feel playing this character and being a part of the show. For me, I feel a strong sense of responsibility to tell the stories of people from my own background who are risking their lives and, you know, it's helped me to confront a grief that I've had within me, you know, from losing family in the Mediterranean. My dream has always been to make purposeful work and to be a part of something like this. I will always say that it's not a play about refugees, it's about us humans. And yes, the title, the story, the politics, everything suggests, and it is about refugees and about migrant camps. But every audience member who leaves that place, they say, what can I do? It stirs questions inside us, and I think that's what's important. The Jungle runs through January 27th at St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn. Jeff London produced our story. And one more thing before we go. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed making it for you, you can rate and review us on iTunes, which helps other listeners discover our show. Thanks. Thanks for listening, and you can subscribe to Studio 360 at iTunes or Overcast or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 